welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Young Kings Wrestling Podcast. This is the post show, the recap show for AEW Full Gear 2020, second straight year for uh, Full Gear. Really great show. It was low-key better than last year. But yeah, uh, this is TC Fontaine. You know, I'm with Reek Havoc as well. And we are featured, or we are featuring rather, the, the Young Kings Wrestling Sovereign Soundboard. As always, you can find us on most platforms streaming podcasts, including Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. If you're listening on iTunes, go ahead, leave us a five-star review, man. We're trying to climb these charts out here. I need something to brag about. Links to all platforms are available at ykwrestling.com. While you're there, get some merch, Black Lives Matter shirts. Go ahead and uh, subscribe to our YouTube as well, man. We got some heat coming. We'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, you know, As I mentioned, I'm TC Fontaine, joined by uh, the returning uh, Central Reek Havoc. Well, I guess it's not returning. We was all on the last episode, technically. But returning for our, our first uh, full episode, man. Uh, we, we got no Malik, man. <laughs> uh, maybe next week, so we kind of just trade places. Uh, we'll see, man. Uh, how you doing, Reek? What, what you up to this evening? Oh, I'm cool, man. I'm, I'm digging this weekend's off thing. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a it'd be a busy week for me. So I, I I like this. I like this. Oh, real quick. Uh, we mentioned the sovereign soundboard. You uh you heard that uh smacking and raw got a soundboard now? I have not listened to their latest episode yet. I think it, it came out today, didn't it? Yeah, I just I was listening to it before um, before Boy Gill came on. Nah, yeah, they got a soundboard. It's 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 dope to inspire the little people out here. So I appreciate, <laughs> it. I appreciate it, man. Shout out to my guys over there. <laughs> hey, hey man. yeah, shout out to Smack in the Raw. Yeah, shout out shout out shout out to uh to Matt and uh the other guy over there too. I guess he's cool as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, all jokes, all jokes. Uh I just want to give a quick shout out, man. Uh, it, it's been a it's been a dope week. Like we've been dropping a lot of content, a lot of interviews, man. Uh, you know, if you haven't checked it out, why not go listen to episode sixty one? Uh, we sat down and chatted with the NWA Television Champion, the Pope Elijah Burke. Uh, it was a fun sit down. Uh, dope, dope guy, man. Like. I already knew it just from watching him on TV. Like I, I've interacted with him on social media a few times in the past. So uh, I wasn't shocked that that he was so cool, man. Uh, and also earlier this evening, uh, excuse me, this afternoon rather, uh, I had a chance to, to sit down and talk with uh, Doc Gallows from the Bullet Club, from uh, the club in WWE, uh, the guy who got killed by the Undertaker at WrestleMania this year. <laughs> Got to talk to him, man. He was a uh, he was real cool too. Got to, got to sit down with him. Uh, cut a cut a ten second promo in front of him as well. That was fun. You won't see that on video, but uh, <laughs> that's where uh, you know some some fun stories off camera too. He was a cool guy, uh, and also I want to give a shout out to uh, to Kylie Ray. Man, uh, she had to retire. Uh, I had her, I had the, I had the stuff up. I don't know what I did with it. I had her message up and it just disappeared. So I'm gonna have to get that pulled up for a second. If you bear with me, because you know, black people a little disorganized sometimes, but it's all good. 
she posted on her Patreon a few days ago. I can't remember what day it was. Uh, she said, I'm truly sorry for the pain I've caused and miscommunication. I am currently unwell. I am also sorry I wasn't able to get this out before your monthly subscription charge. I wanted to take this time to say I'm no longer a professional wrestler and, and am currently taking a break from social media. It's been a very hard decision to make, but please understand when I am well, I will try to fulfill any obligations that have missed. During this time, most tears will not be a, will not be able to be fulfilled. Please feel free to subscribe, unsubscribe. That's a tongue twister. I'm going to quit reading because clearly it's a lot of work on my part and I keep messing up, but that was pretty much the end of the statement. Uh, want to just, you know, give my well wishes to Kylie Ray. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, she uh, got, got sick apparently uh, before her title match at Bound for Glory a couple weeks ago. And uh, it's, just, it's just a sad thing to see just how, you know, I don't know what it is I, and I don't want to really comment on it, but I don't know, it's like the pressures of, you know, trying to, you know, get into that limelight. It, it, it's, it's probably hard for her. So I, I wish her well. And hopefully when she's well, she'll find the time and the, and the strength and the heart to want to come back and, and continue. Because uh, I, I, I hate to see, you know, a dark side of the ring episode featuring her. Um, so hopefully she bounces back. I, I would love to see her climb to the top of the mountain and, and do her thing. We say, it, we say it all the time about, you know, wrestlers going too young because whatever demons they fight in or issues they got going on. So absolutely, we don't want to go down that path. So if you got to step away, step away. You, know. you got to do what you got to do, man. And I don't think anybody should really be upset. And and I was actually, this, this was shocking to me is that I didn't see anybody say anything negative about it at all, Mm-mm. which is like from wrestling fans, you expect a lot of negativity for, you know, especially something like this. So uh, kudos to wrestling fans for, you know, for understanding what's going on and actually having some empathy for what seems like maybe the first time ever. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, it took a while to, you know, they'll, they'll be right back on the same BS, you know, next week, the, you know, let Seth Rollins say something on Twitter, they right back on it, but you know how that goes, man, but all it, it is what it is. Uh, full gear, man. Uh, you watch the show, you enjoy it? Uh, I'll be honest, a lot of it I did. Uh, I wasn't going to put too much effort into really getting into it but I said whatever I found the stream I watched it it was for the most part it was pretty good I you know I'm the resident I don't give a shit about AEW person but I said you know what there's some solid matches looking like it's on the card so why not I indulged and yeah was uh rather impressed for the most part yeah, I uh, this, this is what the third pay per view of the year, fourth. It was a fourth pay per view. I enjoyed it. I yeah, I enjoyed it more than any other pay per view uh, I watched this year. I didn't, I didn't, I did not really get to watch all out. Uh, but this is this is really good to me, man. And you know, a lot of, I, I'm it's no secret, man. I'm not a big Young Bucks guy. I'm not a big Kenny Omega guy. But I'm not even a big Cody guy. But they, you know, all all of those guys showed me really for the first time ever, I was really able to see why 
people liked it. And I have not been able to see that for the last five years. Sans Cody, I used to like Cody. Uh, you know, and then he left and I kind of for didn't really follow what he was doing until AEW started for those three years he was gone. So, but other than that, the, the other guys, I, I just, I never saw it with them. And uh, so it's pretty good to, to actually have that feeling now. Uh, you know, I felt like, damn, I'm not a hater today. That's dope. Uh, so let, let's let's get into it. <laughs> I mean, I am, but they 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 got some hits, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they do, but I just I never really saw it. But it's it's this was dope, man. Let's let's get into this. Uh, I'm gonna start off with uh, did you did you watch the pre-show at all? No. So uh, it was Serena D versus Allison K for the NWA Women's World Championship. Uh, this one was good. Should have been on pay-per-view. Uh, AEW needs to sign Allison K. Uh, afterwards, they teased uh, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. So, this is my issue though. They are giving more effort to another company's women's championship than their own. Oh, we gonna get to that. That's just my that's my main thing. That's that's my main issue. I got, I got ever since that Thunder Rosa, ever since they got Thunder Rosa that first time. And she came in and faced Sheeta. Thunder Rosa has been on TV a lot when she was champion. She made like what two, three appearances. Like so, yeah. Uh, and then her, I think her and Serena had a match. I want to say, or Serena had. A, who did Serena have a match with? Uh, it slips my mind. I think it was Sheeta. Was it Sheeta or was it Thunder Rosa? I feel like it was Thunder Rosa. It was. It was one of them. Uh, and then Serena beat Thunder Rosa for the uh, NWA Women's Championship. Uh, not on Dynamite, not on AEW, uh, but she was on Dynamite the next night defending the belt. So both of them are signed to AEW. More effort put into this other company's championship than their own champion and their own championship. I don't understand it. I got, I got daggers. I might go on a rant tonight. You I, I just is, is you waiting or is you gonna wait till we get to to the? Let me let, 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 let me see how I'm feeling by the time we get to that match. All right. But we we gonna see. All right. Uh, for this match, I'm gonna give it a B. It was a, it was really good. From you know, if you're familiar with Serena, you you familiar with Allison K. You know, she was Sienna back in TNA, former Knockouts champion. Uh, you know, you know this is fire. You know, Allison K is a former NWA Women's Champion. They they need her. Don't let her get away. Because if she go to WWE, you're gonna be sorry. And I wouldn't even blame anybody going to WWE, honestly. Like there is for the for the same reason why men's wrestlers leave WWE to go to AEW, I don't blame women for doing the complete opposite because it's the same situation. So, yeah, so they need to they need to do something over there. We, you already know, and that you know, for the sake of me not sounding like a broken record, I'm going to move on to the next match. Uh to open up the actual pay-per-view. Did you watch this match, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page? I did. Uh, Kenny beats Hangman Page uh, to win the uh, Eliminator Tournament, getting his first ever AEW World Championship opportunity. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I sound really robotic. I apologize to the listeners. I said championship opportunity. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about AEW show. My bad. It's just, you know, slip of the tongue muscle memory uh i'm giving this an a minus a minus man 
a really good match. Like I was saying, I, I saw I saw glimpses of what everybody liked about Kenny Omega, and uh, I was I was really engaged in this match, man. Uh, I just thought the ending was a little flat. I would have liked a little bit more attention because uh, I, I love tense matches, and I think um, other than that, this this was amazing, man. Uh, I hate this because Heyman Page is the American Kota Ibushi. And anybody that follows New Japan, uh, I, I tend to follow them a little bit. They had their uh, their power struggle event uh, earlier this morning, you know, this morning for us in America, uh, like three in the morning for us over on this side. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was tapped into it. Kota Ibushi lost the G9, excuse me, the G1 briefcase to Jay White. Uh, so it's going to be Jay White versus Naito at Wrestle Kingdom 15. And Kota Ibushi can never catch a break. And I feel like Hangman Page is, is going down that same path. Every chance he gets at the AEW Championship, it just slips through his fingers, just like his Japanese counterpart over there in New Japan. So, yeah. Shout out to my guy, Hangman, though. One day is not now. Uh, you know, it's funny because... I almost got swayed because, you know, over I was listening to Smackin' the Raw before the show, and they did some predictions. They were saying that Heyman will probably win, and Kenny will probably attack him afterwards to solidify that heel turn. So that's what I was kind of looking for because mm -hmm. to me it would have made sense. But ultimately, I mean, this is going to tie into the main event. But I don't care because I'm all for Kenny getting this opportunity. And at the end of the day, it's, it's like you said, you know, you needed to see more of, you know, what got people so hyped for Kenny Omega to sign with ADW. This was uh, like a hard, hard hitting, you know, intense match with a great story being told. So I have been one for saying I could care less about this rivalry. I've gotten tired of seeing Omega and Hangman Page together. I just wanted it to be done. So. Honestly, I was going into this with low expectations. I wasn't really caring about it. But as soon as I tuned into it, because I missed like the first five minutes of it. But once I tuned into it, I'm like, oh, okay, y'all got my attention. And they kept it. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's like, you can't really ask for more than that. I'm going to give it probably the same thing. I probably A minus because that was it, was it was solid. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want to see it no more. We can move on because I, I got some things I need to make it to do now. <laughs> Yes, it's about that time. You gotta, you gotta show them you know, why, why you were so hyped over there across the sea on the other side of the world. Let us know. Those are, you know, us in America that's not familiar. Let us know. So I, I think uh, finally gonna see. I think it, it's finally coming together for him. Hopefully, knock on wood, it's coming together for him. Uh, next up, uh, Orange Cassidy uh, defeats John Silver uh, or whatever the hell number of the dark order he is i'm here to tell you right now we don't care let me tell you <laughs> right. correct i could have y'all could have did this on dynamite next week or y'all could have just did this on the pre-show why y'all do this on the pay-per-view y'all could have switched y'all could have had the 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 women's championship on the show and then put this on the pre-show yeah. it would it would have had the same effect man honestly but I'm gonna give it a seat. It wasn't that bad of a match. I just didn't care about it. And we can move on. Unless Reed got something to say. <laughs> Barely. 
barely. I'm giving it a D because I really didn't give a damn. And I, honestly, the biggest reason I'm giving it a D is because, you know, I was up the, under the impression that after beating Chris Jericho, the the idea would have been to elevate Orange Cassidy up the card a little bit because the incumbent champion up there is running out of fresh rivalries to have. But I guess that's not the plan. I guess we're just going to keep stringing him along in some careless rivalries or whatever. But yeah, that that's my thing about it. I The match wasn't bad, but I could care less. And I don't know why Orange Cassidy is being subjected to this bullshit. That's me. Yeah, he lost to Cody, and it's kind of like reset at this point. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, which which is a is another problem I have with AEW is that they they heat guys up, and then it just like when they lose, it's like they don't know what to do with. Yeah, and it sounds very familiar to another company, <laughs> but it's like only one of them gets a lot of attention for it. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, next up, man, for the TNT Championship, Darby Allen defeated Cody Rhodes with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Surprise roll up. Uh, shout out to Mike Kyoto. It was like, you know, Earl Hebner and Mike Kyoto seem to be Cody's personal referees for all his pay per view matches, apparently. That's what's up. So it's cool. Uh, this it was a shocking finish because I was I was like in the middle of taking a sip of my drink when he got the win and it shocked me. I was like, hold on, fam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was dope. Uh, I appreciate the surprise finish, man. So uh, this is getting a B plus for me uh, because of that. Uh, the post match beatdown stuff with uh, Taz and Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. I don't think that was necessary. I think that was also something else you could have did on Dynamite. Like just have. You know, have Cody call out Darby Allen and be like, congratulations, and then do the same bit that you did. Uh, I don't think it was necessary. I think it took away from Darby's moment. But depending on how some people may feel about Darby Allen, they probably don't care if you got a moment at all. So <laughs> it is what it is, man. What did you think about this? I, I'm not I'm not tripping that much over the ending. I mean, look, Darby Allen's got a great gimmick. It goes over with the kids. I don't care much for it. The guy's a great wrestler. Uh, he don't do it for me personally, but I'll watch it. Uh, the match, I give it a B plus. Um, you know, Cody, uh, to his credit, is gonna you know step aside from that. You know. <laughs> His sideshow got his last uh, name back too. Elevated rain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that happened a couple days ago. Crowd went crazy. Finally, WWE finally gave up the trademark battle, so I knew that was coming. But um, yeah, I mean, Cody is you know not gonna be taking on a second reign of terror with his secondary world championship. Uh, you know, he's paying it forward, getting his young guys his shine and. They, they had a great match. Honestly, it wasn't so much that I was like that into it, but there was some solid spots to it, like that top rope crossroads. Oh, that was clean. And, yeah, and then him, he took the belt, tripped him up, everything like that. Like, there was, there was fun spots in it. And I was just like, I have never seen nobody win a match with the, the back and forth roll-up thing. So when it happened, I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I feel you. I mean, you know, that, that probably leaves the door open for another match, but they don't have to. I, I'm, I'm cool with this, but yeah, let, let, the, let the young guy do his thing. I mean, he's obviously 
you know, one of their heavy hitters in terms of their homegrown talent, at least. So I'll let them rock. I'll give it a, what I give this B minus. It's not bad. It was, it was decent. It was decent. Um, next up for the uh, AEW women's title uh, with a possible rant from Reek. You're going to see here in a second. Uh, Hikaru Shida defeated Nyla Rose uh, again. Uh, I'm going to give this one a B uh, because I, I really like a cocky Shida. Like she was just really, really aggressive the whole match. Uh, I don't know where that leaves Nyla Rose, uh, especially after Vicky Guerrero slapped the shit out of her at the end of the match. So I don't know where that leaves Nyla. Um, kind of the same thing I was saying. It's like they heat people up and they cool them down and they try to heat them up again. But in this case, it's not always leftover lasagna. Like you're not on Drew McIntyre of, of late 2019 where you can just throw him throw him back in and he still is as good as he was before. These these people they don't they don't have that, you know, they don't have that built up yet. So you, you can't do that with, with guys who come in, heat them up and then just cool them down like after a couple months. Where's Brody Lee been at? <laughs> That's my number one example. Where has he been? You did this with Nyla Rose like twice before. Uh, when she lost to Rio and then they tried to, you know, correct the course not too soon afterwards and give her the belt. And then you did it again. <sighs> Where's Brody Lee at, man? Uh, I, I, I would ask where Lance Archer is at, but we saw him tonight. So I ain't going to ask where he's at. He ain't been on TV in a while, neither. I, I, I got something for him later, too. Um uh, is we is we getting this is we getting this rant though? DJ, drop the track. I'm upset. Okay, all right, kids. Class is in session, and I got something to say. We already have a, a very, very, very thin women's division over here in AEW. My biggest issue here is that you have a champion in Hikaru Shida, someone I am a fan of, and I think is doing a phenomenal job and can carry this for at least another six months to a year. I wouldn't care. She needs a bigger belt, first of all, but uh, that, that's neither here nor there. My thing when it comes to this match is you basically told the same story that you told a double or nothing only now, Hikaru is a little more confident, a little more cocky. That's it. And and the element of Vicky Guerrero is, is at, at the side. At the, honestly, I would have liked this better if Vicky had dumped her after the match. Because let's be honest, uh, if, you, if you already lost to this person once, why would you go into this match a second time and take it less serious than the first time? Like the first time you went out there, you had the kendo stick and you was trying to tear her head off. This time, you're out here like you won when you didn't before. And you, you, you playing around? You, you, you on, on a two count, you pulling her head back up? Lazy, lazy covers? What are you doing? I thought you was a native beast. And that's the other thing, too. Why is it? This is, this is just a common theme. We talked about this with Brody Lee and everything like that. You bring this person in who's supposed to be so dominant. And then they go on a run. Then as soon as they hit a big loss, lose a title, 
or a first defeat, whatever. Now, all of a sudden, the booking is so-so from here on out. She'll squash everybody else, but then it's like, okay, you're building her up for a, a title opportunity, and then she loses. And on top of that, the, the, the finish was lazy. The finish was lazy. It really was. Like, you know, uh, the, 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 the knees are effective, but it didn't look like it didn't look like it was really hitting. It looked like they just, they just finished it for the sake of mercy. And I, I have never been critical of Hikaru Shida. And I never will again, I promise. But if your knee is supposed to be hurt, how the hell are you lifting 300-pound-ass Nyla Rose over your head multiple times for a Falcon Arrow? Somebody got to explain that to me. How, Sway? That double or nothing in psychology was way better. Thank you. I don't know what happened. It kind of regressed, and, and it probably – and it's really – it will really upset me is that we know how this is going to end. It, we just biding our time until Britt Baker wins the championship. So it's like – I can't wait. This doesn't help the case at all because it's just – you know that she's just going to get fed to Britt Baker in February probably at Revolution. I just – I can't wait, man. It's like I, – like I said, I've never been critical of her Kyle Shooter, but that selling was not it. It really yeah. wasn't. Because if you was really going to sell that, you would not have lifted Nyla Rose over your head multiple times. And, I'm bringing my rating down to a B minus now, now that you brought that up. <laughs> hey, that. like, it just, that that wasn't that wasn't it. And it's not to say that, you know, they shouldn't have put Nyla in that position. Although, I'm looking here at the rankings. Uh, Abaddon is one at five and one right now. And um, that's, that's for her entire record in ADW. Nyla Rose is 18 to six. I'm just saying, you had options. But whatever. At the end of the day, uh, Vicky it's, needs to drop it, her. It's abandoned, by the way. Aban- okay. Oh, they didn't put the N in this. That's why. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they don't know how to spell their own people's names. Uh, yeah, nah. Vicky needs to go ahead and drop Nyla because if you're not going to take a title opportunity seriously, you need to keep it pushing. You're a Guerrero. You have a standard to uphold. This ain't it. And Nyla was Nyla was never the talent that Vicky should have been managing in the first place, but that's a whole different conversation for a whole different day. I'm I'm over this. I'm over this. I don't want to see them two in the ring again, and put some more respect on Hikaru Shida's name, and stop subjecting her to bullshit. Because after this, now this is technically considered a big big fight field match. Now she's just gonna have a bunch of stinkers with with a bunch of people who aren't real contenders, and it's gonna lower her stock, even though she's a phenomenal talent. That's got to change, but that, that that that's what I got, man. I, I C C minus. I'm and that's me being generous today. Just just cause just cause Sheeta was was in her bag a little bit. It, I'm gonna stay in the B range, but you get demoted to a minus instead of just a regular old B. And uh, that concludes this edition of the regrants. I'm upset. Let's move on, man. For the AEW Tag Team Championships, the Young Bucks, they finally do it. They defeat FTR. Uh, it was a dream match for a lot of people. So I'm going to have to check in with Malik. You know, he don't really answer in the group chat. So we're going to see if he <laughs> saw this because because he specifically has been waiting for this match for a very long time. And so I'm pretty sure if he watched it, he enjoyed it. If he didn't watch it, he's going to watch it. He's going to love it. Uh, my only issue with the match that brought my it brought my rating down because I had a feeling the Young Bucks was going to win. So what I did need, and this is a problem, it's another issue I have with AEW. 
So I, I've laid out all my grievances with AEW uh, in this episode. I do not think I have any more. I got one more coming up in, in this next segment. But uh, referees in AEW, they they pull the count on the near falls. They will they will pull their hand and they will stop their hand a good half a foot in the air above the above the ring mat and it just stop it and the other person kick out that that takes me out of matches so much because it's like even though i already know that they're gonna kick out just, just follow through i think you know mike kyoto incredible Mike Kyoto refereed that match earlier. Yep. And all the near falls, spot on. He's a veteran. He's a vet. Yeah, and this is, I'm going to say it, bro. It's indie wrestling. It, it makes like, it, it's the biggest criticism a lot of people have about AEW because all these dudes are wrestling on the indies before this company started. They still wrestle on the indies, a lot of them do, mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. Like, they haven't stopped wrestling on the indies. You getting these referees from the indies? I see this on the indie circuit all the time. Just like I go to local shows out here, I see it from the indie refs. With the indie refs, it don't bother me because they're not on television, they're not on pay per view, so it don't bother me when they do it. A lot of the times, these these promotions are running in conjunction with a wrestling school, so there's a bunch of students out there getting in live reps. So you can't really criticize it that much. But I'm going to criticize somebody that's on television looking like they refereeing at, a, at an indie promotion. Stop pulling the count, man. In the words in the words of a recently fired WWE Hall of Famer, stop the count. <laughs> on the other hand, I did enjoy this match, though, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than the Young Bucks and uh, versus Hangman and Kenny Omega from earlier this year, and I enjoyed it more than the ladder match versus the Lucha Brothers at All Out last year, because everybody was high on those matches, and I just didn't really see it. But I thought this match was going to be boring. I for the first like ten minutes, I went and did something else. I was just like, because I'm not a fan of either of these teams, never have been, but. This was this was a tag team version of the greatest wrestling match ever. I said the same thing, bro. I like the, the finisher callbacks. Thing. We even yep. got a we even got a, a, a tribute to their uh, Wednesday Night War opponent in NXT Revival. from Revival DIY, DIY meeting yeah. meet in the middle, or in the words of Michael Cole, super kick and knee. Yeah, I, I hope everybody appreciates uh, that reference I just made because every time I see me in the middle, if I go and watch an old DIY match, I just think of Michael Cole not knowing the name of their move and calling it Super Kick Andy. Uh, <laughs> so, like, Michael Cole low key just ruined DIY matches for me, but it's all good. Uh, that was fired, man. And, and they, they did a bunch of other callbacks. Uh, I'm giving this an A. Uh, I, I think this, like I said, this is what people thought that match in February was. Like, they thought that was the greatest tag team match ever. I'm not going to give this that benefit of the doubt. I don't think it was the greatest tag match I've ever seen, but it was good 
uh, it exceeded my expectations, probably because I didn't really have expectations for it to begin with. Uh, it was good. What did you think of it? Yeah, um, it's I, like I told you, I said the same thing. This was like essentially the tag team version of Edge versus Orton back in May. And it's mainly because, you know, it was one, it was the perfect clash of styles. You know, the, you know, the young bucks are the high flyers, the flips and FTR. They say it all the time. There's no flips, just this. They're the old school, you know, style of wrestling from back in the day. So it, it, it meshed together perfectly. It was a love letter to tag team wrestling as if we needed more of that. But in, in terms of these two, that, that, that was perfect. But, um, at the same time, it suffered from a little bit of, you know, the, those same issues that I had with the greatest match between Orton and Edge because there was, it got it got fatiguing after a while with all these near falls after these big moments. It's like, okay. Near falls with thing, the referee pulling his hand multiple times. Yeah, yeah. And the, the common thing is like, when you have too many near falls after a long match, it's like, okay, you got to draw the line somewhere, man. I understand you're trying to create a big moment and make the pop attention, but right. But don't, don't overdo it. But I mean, other than that, the body of work was just, it, it was, it was dope. It was phenomenal. Like the, these two, it was everything that people anticipated it would be. And then some, and I, honestly, the ending was spoiled because they said that the young bucks wouldn't challenge for the titles after this. If they hadn't said it, it would have allowed some more suspense, but my thing is, I knew they weren't going to go down the same road as Cody. You know, he loses to Jericho. He's not going to challenge for the, the world title. They're not going to do that again because then it's like, okay, well, now we know none of the executives are ever going to hold gold, and that's just stupid. Like, you don't have to push yourselves all the way to the top, but you can have your moments. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I gave this an A, honestly. This is probably the main reason I, you know, caved in and decided to watch because it's like, I was one of those people that I wanted to see the two of them get together finally. Like I wasn't a huge fan of the Young Bucks, but I said, "Damn, these guys are fucking good." And you know, in terms of revival, I've been one for saying I appreciate you know them and their their gimmick, their callback to what tag team wrestling used to be. You know, I'm one of the few people that appreciate that. So uh, this 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 did it for me. This was my match of the night, honestly. So I'm giving that an A just off the strength of that alone for sure man and uh i'm gonna I'm let you go first on this one uh in the elite deletion match uh matt hardy uh defeated sammy guevara uh, <laughs> you know what i'm i'm feeling generous today i'm gonna give this an a minus purely because it entertained the hell out of me like, I, I sat there for the first couple of minutes like, oh, God, we got to sit through another one of these. And truthfully, I, I think it was best for them because after you have a match like that tag team title match, you need something to kind of, you know, let the people mellow out and calm down from it all. So this was actually a perfect replaced match. But, I mean, I don't know what you were looking for in it unless you wanted a couple laughs because that's what I got. I was laughing most of this match. This is like, yo, this, this, is, this is crazy. This is nutty. You know, this dude's shooting fireworks at each other <laughs> like he's playing Call of Duty. Uh, I don't know why you had to have Private Party and uh, uh, T, what was it, uh, Tito and San, uh, Santana. Santana Ortiz. 
Santana Ortiz come together. I don't know why you had to add all that extra to it. But, but, I do appreciate Gangrel from Gangrel. I, I didn't see that coming. That was so, I let that. That's kind of what elevated it to an A for me. So, so the stuff like that, I'm like, oh, Gangrel in 2020. I tweeted that. I'm like, I, I don't know what we do doing here. And then the, the stuff with, with, with uh, Hurricane, Hurricane Helms. I mean, it's entertaining. It's entertainment value. But the biggest thing is, and I don't know if they mentioned this on on air or not, but this is just my thought. This might have been a segue into Matt kind of finishing his career in terms of wrestling because, you know, this seems like such a definitive end. Yeah, He made Sammy look good, but he made sure to crush his ass in the end. And then you kept hearing him say, it's over, it's over. And then Rebby standing next to him while they celebrate and everything like that. It seemed like, you know, an exclamation point on something big. So at, and another reason why I would elevate it, like if that was the end for Matt Hardy, then that was a hell of an ending. You know, a lot of bells and whistles added to it, but it's sports entertainment. What are you going to do? I'm not mad. I give it an A. So Reed giving it an A. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> uh oh! Listen, boy, I hated this shit right here. <laughs> this is this is from somebody that enjoyed the the deletion match and impact. I even enjoyed the the one with Bray Wyatt over on WWE a couple years ago. Oh, but this shit was trash. I'm gonna tell you why it was trash because. Compared to those, this one jumped the shark. This one had commentary. Previous ones didn't yes. have it. Yes, I, I forgot to mention that. That 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 is the one thing that would have drugged this down for me. If you're doing cinematic matches, you cannot have commentary. That was so stupid. We it had commentary. We had a crowd, and it was a referee, which I don't remember a referee being present in any of the other deletions. Correct me if I'm wrong. That all that ruined the match because none of that was in the previous versions. So I'm giving this an F. It had an F off the bat. It had an F off the bat just because the it, it didn't have that feel. It didn't have the feel for me. It didn't even seem like they they edited it. It didn't they didn't even do any post-production on it. Like they just like shot it as is, kind of. So it took me out of it. And then I saw Gangrel and the Hurricane Helm show up. And I was like, ooh, I love it now. Just off of Gangrel. Just because I feel like I spoke Gangrel into existence because I was talking about Gangrel on Twitter yesterday. So it was like, ah, oh, Gangrel showed up. No, I first saw the Hurricane and then Gangrel took the mask off. And I was like, Gangrel, I popped. Yeah. I was like, this is the best match ever. This is the best pay-per-view of 2020 on every wrestling company I don't watch this year. Mm. This is the best AEW pay-per-view of all time because none of the other AEW pay-per-views had Gangrel. One, let me just tell you, Gangrel and The Brood had the best theme music of the Attitude Era. That's the most underrated theme music. Jim Johnson was in that studio like Timbaland when he was giving them beats to Jay-Z for the Black Album. And he was just on his, you know, on his thing. I was hyped for Gangrel. And they immediately went back to an F, not even 30 seconds later. 
when Hurricane and Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy had to take a, a, a shot at WWE's uh, lack thereof of long-term storytelling and said, why do you think I had to come to AEW? I had to finish this off. That was corny. It brought it to an F for me. It went back to an F immediately. You, you know that's what they do. They all do it. It didn't need that. <laughs> and it was going to stay an F at that point because I was just like, you know, I'm not even about to do it again. I'm not about to get my hopes up again just in case they they, they annoy me again. So here's what happens. Uh, my final grade for this is an L because I'm, I'm giving it an L because we did not need callbacks to Matt Hardy almost killing himself two months ago in this match ending. Okay, that that that's fair. That's fair because I, I saw that too and I was like, okay, y'all, why, why did why we have to make light of that? It, a serious moment like that, and we had to make light of it. It ain't even the worst thing they did, like involving Matt Hardy in a callback. Like they had this guy drown. On, on live TV a few days after one of his former co-workers died in a drowning accident. So AEW's had really bad timing with a lot of tasteless shit they seem to do. And so because of that, this is getting an L for me. Hold this L, big fat L, get the out of here. But I do appreciate Sammy Guevara losing this match. They laughing at you, nigga. <laughs> and also, quick shout out, Sasha Banks finally defended the championship successfully for the first time. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, yeah, let's move on, man. Uh, this match was terrible. The whole thing was just, just ruined for me. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like the private party stuff with the inner circle. Yeah. However, I did appreciate when, when Santana and Ortiz showed up, it let me know what was about to happen later on uh, in the evening. Because they're not there. You already know what's going on now. But yeah, this 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 should this should have never been done. Or they at least they at least could have took away some of the, the elements that ruined it for me, and it might have been a little bit salvageable. It might have stayed an F instead of an L if it didn't have a commentary or a crowd. Get out of here. An L, though. An L. Hold this L. Elite deletion match. It's the worst deletion match out of them all. Hope I never see another one ever again. I don't even want to see any more cinematic matches anymore. Like, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. Oh, I mean, listen. The, the, the format was incorrect. Like, like I, 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 I'm totally with you on the whole... The, the commentary can't be there in the crowd. Like, that's not how you do it. I don't know how they wind up doing that, especially for a company like them that, you know, they they follow that that same mind track of thinking outside the box and shit like that. I don't know why they did this, especially with, with, with the commentary team they have. And I, I was thinking as well as I was watching the show, is it just WWE that has that dynamic of the, the face announcer and the heel announcer? Because... I, I can't get into their commentary at all because I always feel like they're all on the same team. They always root for the good guy and they're all in cohesion about that. Like there's never any dissension about, okay, I like this guy. He's a heel. 
I, I think is reprehensible because he's a heel. It's like there's no clash of styles like JR and King or Michael Cole and Taz. Like, I can't uh, believe that. Yeah, 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 not really. Um, especially like when Taz does commentary, like he'll he'll still be in character a little bit, but he's a little bit more partial. Same with Jericho when he's on commentary. Uh, I know an impact like Madison Rain, she kind of does the same thing where she's she's somewhat partial sometimes, but she's she's Madison Rain though. Like she was with the beautiful people. It's like she's gonna be a, a you know a bitch. You know sometimes like that that bitch is gonna come out. So I appreciate a little bit of continuity. It's like Samoa Joe. Like you, you listen to Samoa Joe's commentary. Yeah. Like he'll make a reference. Like he 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 made a reference to AJ Styles. Uh, like at some point last year. Yeah, yeah. See, so Joe will either on either side of the fence, you know, and, and Byron's impartial, and then uh, what what's his face is always the face guy. Yeah, He's Michael Cole Jr. Basically, and then on SmackDown, you know, Cole and you know Corey Graves. He's He's always leaning towards that way. And then NXT is perfect because, you know, Wade Barrett is basically the heel announcer. But it's like he doesn't have to lean too much into it. But it's, it's that dynamic. That that will help, that helps commentary. That, that it adds it's classic, value man. To, it, it's yeah. Monsoon and Heenan. Right, right. It adds value to the whole presentation. When you just got people, everyone's on the same page and agreeing about, you know, what they're seeing right now and who they're looking at, it, it, it doesn't it, – it's boring. But if you want to be fair, Jr. Low key the heel commentator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't want to. They don't want to acknowledge that. They don't want to put it out there. And it's not that he a heel. He's just a hater. <laughs> right, right. Like they, 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 they talk about Jr. because you know he is the the long tenured veteran and he's the the godfather of commentary. But I mean, for for those of us that that know and see how he talk and how he act, yeah, he is. But they they won't say that. They don't want us to know that. And, and Jr. is a heel to me anyway because he comes out to Oklahoma Sooners fight music, and me, I'm a Nebraska <laughs> fan. Nobody want to hear that shit. So, true story. Jim will also come out to that music whenever they would come to Omaha, and he would get booed. Oh, of course. Don't nobody want to hear that bullshit. And it's Jim Ross. Like Jim Ross getting booed. So he he's always been a heel in my eyes. Uh, but I, I met him. And uh, he didn't have a bad thing to say about the Huskers. Me, I was watching. Let me let me just get into this real quick. And we can move on. I'm sorry. Uh, today we lost another game. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And you know it's bad. It, I'm at that point where I was with the Lakers when when the Lakers was trash, and I'll just watch the game, and I'll be like, I ain't about to get hyped. We about to lose. And that's just how I felt today. I was just watching the game like, we ain't about to do shit. We about to lose. I'm not even stressed. Like, it's bad when I'm not stressed and we got a chance to 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 to, to score and tie the game with under a minute to play. And we on the 25-yard line, and I just know we're not going to score. That's not good. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, we had a, a segment from Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, a typical vignette to hype Lance Archer. Uh, it didn't say nothing new. Uh, same old, same old. You heard it once, you heard it twice. You heard it before. Oh, so Whatever the saying is, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I mentioned before I, I had something for this. Uh, but before I do that, uh, I do hope Jake Roberts is doing okay because uh, 
going into this show. I think it's an hour before they went on. I saw that. I read that uh, he got diagnosed with COPD. Yeah. Uh, that is nothing and to play around with. It's, it's not. Yeah, that's nothing to play around with. My grandfather died of COPD. My uncle died like from it. But, um, yeah, that's uh, with, with the health issues he's had in the past. I hope he's doing okay. And, uh, yeah, best wishes to him going forward. And I wasn't expecting to see him. That's why I was kind of shocked when they showed this. But uh, in terms of Mr. Lance Archer, I I don't hear nobody else saying it, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think he's the Bray Wyatt of AEW. OG Bray Wyatt. Because how many times can we hear you? Like the way he's been booked? Yeah, yeah. How many times can I I, I listen to you give these promos uh, sounding full of fire and fury, signifying absolutely nothing because you lose big matches? It's like, oh, you hype them up. You got Jake Roberts in your corner cutting these fiendish promos. No pun intended. But, I mean, just going in. And, you know, presenting this monster to people every time. And then the buildups are great. And then you get to these big matches. Cody, back in May, TNT Championship, he lost. Then Moxley for the world title, I think that was a couple months ago. Lost um, that match too. Yeah, and he shouldn't He shouldn't have even been in it because he didn't win the Battle Royal. Right. So it's like all of this together, I don't. It's to the point, and I thought this as he was doing cutting his promos, like, I can't even take your threat seriously because you can beat Joe Schmo on Wednesday night, and that that's great. Uh, you can throw around Marco Stunt all day. Uh, exactly. You can do that, and that's cool. You know, anybody will accept that. But what are you going to do when it's time to put some gold on the line or when it's a big matchup on a pay-per-view? What's going to happen then? You know what I'm saying? So... For that reason, it just popped in my head. Like, he got to be the Bray Wyatt of AEW until something changes. Because I just, there's too much. I hear too much of this venom he's spewing. And then I think back to all those those key losses that he took. It's like, okay, that sounds cool, what you're saying. (laughs) Like, oh, everybody dies. That sounds nice. But I know two niggas who didn't die. So, (laughs) I'm just saying. Hey. That's all I can say, man. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. Uh, next up, uh, MJF uh, defeats Chris Jericho. And uh, he and Wardlow are officially in inner circle. And uh, he was able to kind of, you know, play Jericho like a fiddle. Because as we mentioned, Santana and Ortiz were at the Hardy compound in North Carolina. And they weren't here. So, yeah. They're in the they're in inner circle now, man. It's a... Uh, B minus for me. It was, it was pretty cool for what it was. Uh, lie, cheat, and steal. You know, we got a little Eddie Guerrero homage right there as well from uh, from MJF. Uh, it's a terrible day for Chris Jericho, man. The, the, you know, first he got the news this morning. And then, you know, he loses on pay-per-view. He got a, had two new people in his group. You know, it was really crazy to me. MJF and Wardlow are already better in the inner circle at doing what Chris Jericho and Jack Hager have been doing for the last year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly why. And they haven't been in the group for but three hours. Yeah. That's, that's exactly why I'm not a big fan of this. I, I said this after MJF had his match with Moxley for the title. He does not need to be in a tag team. He does not need to be in a stable. He does not need to be in a faction. He is good on his own. Him and Wardlow can do their thing. He stands on his own two feet 
as, in my opinion, the best heel in the company. So, you know, as much as it might create some intriguing storylines down the road, I I don't need to see him in the inner circle. I really don't. Uh, I give the match a C plus. I didn't watch the whole thing, saw most of it, but um, I give it a C plus mainly because you know he pulled the bait and switch and you know played Chris Jericho's game and won it at the end of the day. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, look, this is the play thing is getting crowded. Like you got Jericho, Hager, Santana, or um, Santana and Ortiz, Sammy Guevara. Now you're going to add MJF and Wardlow. Unless the plan is to push Jericho out, which I, we speculated on. This I'm pretty sure that's how it's going. Yeah. And, and now if that, if that's it's a plan, classic infiltration story. Right, right. And I guess I could get down with that if that's the case. But like I said, he doesn't need to be doing this. Right, let the guy get his own run. And, you know, I, I, I don't need to see it. I really don't. Now, if they kick Jericho out and this eventually gets to MJF winning the title as part of the, the inner circle, that I can get behind. Because then it's like, okay, you put in the future on, you know, this guy's shoulders, the young guy who is the top heel in the company, and now he's running this this faction as the world champ. Cool. I'm all for that. But um, I don't know that's where we were going. I hope that's where we're going. If, if not, then this was a waste of time. But you know, uh, you know Jericho. In my view, he's the goat. I mean, if, if you need any further convincing about it, just listen to the crowd when he comes out in his entrance. Like you, get, I get goosebumps when I watch it because I just picture being in that crowd when that music is playing and they stop it on purpose to let everybody sing. Like that, that that's a dope feeling. If you're any kind of entertainer at all, to just stand there and soak that in. So, I mean, he to go off the strength of that alone. And, you know, the, the, him, you know, taking the, the time that he does to work with these young guys and build them up for an MJF, like I said, who's already, in my view, the best heel in the company. Like, that that's a credit to him. And whatever they do from here, I'm sure it will be great. I just don't care for the, the, the crowded scene, but... I'm, kudos to both of them. That that was good. Uh, I would like to mention, since you brought that up, uh, and I'm going to continue to be bitter about this, I would like to say coronavirus robbed myself and my other co-host, Malik, of a chance to experience that Judas with a full crowd. Hurts my heart, man. Well, <laughs> you're going to get mad when I say this, but... Y'all could have went to his concert. <laughs> I'm sure he uh, played it at the concert. What the 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 motorcycle? Yeah, yeah, that the 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 concert he had with no social distancing. Uh, I I have zero reason. <laughs> I listen. I have zero reason, and I have zero desire to ever go to South Dakota for any reason, let alone a Fozzie concert during a pandemic. <laughs> In the main event, <laughs> we had John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston in an I Quit match for the AEW World Championship. John Moxley gets the win. Uh, first off, shout out to King. 
for the above the rim shootout jersey he had on Wednesday night during that promo. Uh, and that promo, just like all Eddie Kingston promos, very captivating. Uh, I'm giving this an A plus, man. This was this was a perfect match for me. Uh, I think this was Moxley's best match, uh, better than the match he had at Full Gear last year versus Kenny Omega. Uh, Mick Foley will be proud, bro. We got barbed wire, thumbtacks, uh, that the alcohol spot. That was, I don't think I ever seen that before. Where uh, a guy goes on some thumbtacks and then they just pour alcohol over. And honestly, they probably did that spot in you know CZW at some point between these two, maybe in the past. I don't know. Not too privy to their uh, CZW moments, but uh, I've never seen it before, so it was interesting. It's an A plus for me. Uh, amazing match, amazing pay per view. It's probably my favorite AEW pay per view all time, including the one I was at. Yeah. Uh. All right, so here's the you thing. didn't like it. Here's the thing. I I I've been consistent on this point as long as humanly possible. I I'm not switching energies now. I don't I don't dig John Moxley, man. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, like, not me this, this is this is his style of match, right? And I can appreciate that. And the match was good, so I'm not like shitting on it or nothing like that. Um, if anything, I. I learned more about Eddie Kingston in this match and got to see uh, the, that side of him, and that was great. I, I just, for me, I didn't feel like this was a world title match. I feel like this was just a grudge match between two guys that needed to settle a beat. It didn't feel like a world title match, and maybe that's because it's Moxley. I don't know. I just, I, I, it's not. It doesn't hit for me. I like. I love the spots I think in it. The, the world title um, seemed that important, even though, right? Like, even though Eddie Kingston's promo was like, it's the reason I don't have a family because I've, I've spent my whole career chasing after the top prize, where I haven't had time to focus on that. And so at that point, it was about the title. But I think all of it was really it all. You know, before that promo, everything he was saying. You know, to John Moxley, he's talking about, you know, you sold out you know, how we came up in the scene together and you ended up going to, to Stanford, you know, wrestling for, you know, a Disney Channel type of promotion. And uh, <laughs> all that seemed like a, a grudge match. And I don't think there was any priority for the championship added until like this past week. Yeah. But it didn't take me out the match. Yet. No, it's just like, I don't know. It's like the, the the spots. I love the spots in there. It was like, you know, that like you said that that the alcohol thing was. I've never seen that before personally. So that had me like, oh, y'all niggas are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was it had a nice that that brutal feel to it. Like you can tell two dudes were trying to kill each other. So that that's great. It just I I, I wasn't feeling the sense of this is for our championship. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if, even if Eddie Kingston would have won, it would be like, okay, he won the match. It just, it doesn't feel like a title match, you know, but that goes back to what I said earlier. I need Omega now that he won against Hangman. I need him to go ahead and take this title off of Moxley. Like, yeah. Don't, don't, don't hesitate with it. Don't try to make it a, a, a two-parter. Just take it off. Him. Get it done. Cause they, they've had matches before. It's time to it's time to go because I, I I don't know man like 
I, I try I tried to give a, a shot to Moxley. I, I tried to really invest in it. It's not hitting for me. And to, to be fair, I, I think the, the best the, the best uh, best match I thought he was in was against MJF and I was rooting for MJF. <laughs> but um, that that was the best I saw for him. It's like when his forte is the style of match, I don't really get impressed by this because it's like I expect it to be good. If it's bad, then we really gonna have problems. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This was I give it I give it a B minus. I wasn't crazy about it, but it was good. It just I, I I'm ready to move on from this. Like yeah. I, we can do we Moxley can have matches like these without being a champ. He held it for I don't know. It's been like almost a year now. Since um, February. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, he's held it for a decent amount of time. It's time to move forward. You know, whatever this was designed to do, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I can't tell because I'm not that on the AEW like that. But honestly, Kenny Omega was who I thought should have won it a while back. But now we're on that track. Make it happen. Freshen the scene up. Introduce some new people. And keep it pushing, man. That's... That's where I'm at with it. Uh, December 30th is a Wednesday. Uh, I think that's a perfect time, man. Cap off the new year with a new champion. Yeah. So do it on that episode. Cut the check, Tony. Yes, sir. Or Cody, whoever is responsible for cutting checks. Do that. Uh, good pay-per-view. Like I said, uh, you know, this, this is my favorite AEW pay-per-view so far. I enjoyed it. Like and I, I don't really enjoy these pay-per-views from top to bottom. Uh, they bounced back because All Out was pretty bad. So, yeah, yeah, this was definitely better than All Out. Good bounce back, great bounce back. I I wasn't that into All Out to be honest. I was completely out of it. And that's supposed to be their WrestleMania. So yeah, gotta do better. So they did better. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. So it feels like we we haven't talked a lot recently. You know, everybody busy out here. So. Uh, one of the biggest stories coming out of this past week, uh, we're getting an official end for The Undertaker at Survivor Series. Uh, his uh, quote-unquote final farewell, because uh, he's had about five or six farewells since 2012. So this is his final. Uh, what should The Undertaker do at Survivor Series? Like, what, what should he get into? Uh, boy, well... Be quite honest. Uh, I think the obvious thing is kind of just talking to the people, you know, uh, just being himself. He doesn't need to be, you know, in you know the dead man gimmick. I mean, he wasn't at WrestleMania, so. Uh, but yeah, just uh, him. Him speaking has always been as impactful as anything else. So it's not like anything in particular needs to happen outside of that. Um, I don't want to see him get physical with nobody. You know, I, I really don't. <laughs> I mean, the, the Boneyard match did everything it needed to do and then some. So in terms of that, unless unless he's just going to drop somebody and that's going to be the end of it. I can, I can be cool with that. But, um, you know, just talk to the people. Let, let them let them know how you're feeling. Uh, what you need to say to them, you know this. This this is where it all started at Survivor Series, thirty years to the day. You know, just kind of give us that that retrospective. 
let everybody and and, and get everybody else to you know be there in the moment like if this is if this closes out the show get all the talent out there let them show their respects to him as well like this shouldn't just be you know him saying goodbye and that's it this would be a celebration for the man he gave three decades of his life to this business so this should be you know the appropriate sign off and you know everyone should celebrate it but that's all i need to see personally hey Niggas gonna be mad when he out there giving a speech and then he get interrupted by retribution. Bro, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'm not here for that. Oh my god. It, it, honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't even be mad at it if like if they did a spot where he's talking and then retribution come out and surround him and then the lights go out and then he disappear and come back and the lights is on. My only issue is that they just did that on Raw like three weeks ago with the fiend. So I don't want to see them redo it. I would I wouldn't mind it if they did something like that at Survivor Series, but I don't want to see that same spot. And, and the threat of that is illegitimized because the fiend pulled up on all of them and dropped them. And wrecked. So yeah, exactly. So that that's not even a concern like that no more. Like okay, if the fiend can do it, I don't see why Taker can't. Even at his age. He got his ass cooked. He got cooked. Adrian, you didn't go down like that, huh? He got cooked. (laughs) They all got cooked by the fiend. Right. So Taker, on the other hand, unless they beat Taker ass, I don't see the point. Like, let's say learn a lesson. No, I don't see the point. They need to. Honestly. And... Really, uh, I, th- th- this probably won't happen, but uh, I would love to see him like be backstage with a lot of guys. I mean, I, maybe he does that now, maybe he doesn't, but you know, th- 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 there's so much that he would have to offer if he wants to do it. That that's his option. He could do what he wants to after all this, but um, I I'd love to see that going forward. You know, maybe he manages somebody. Or something like that, maybe I don't know, but this uh, this is the definitive end. I don't want to see no segues into nothing else, no hints, nothing. If this is the end, put the put the exclamation point on it, and that's it. And he goes in the Hall of Fame this coming year, not next year, not in a couple years, the next year. Which is which is crazy because we still gotta induct everybody else from this year into the yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. So it's gonna, it's gonna be a loaded class if they put Taker up there. Yeah, they might. Which, which is cool because then like we don't have Hulk Hogan headlining again, so I fucks with that. Uh, they might need two nights. Which I don't, I don't know how they work that out on the calendar. I don't either, but. Ugh, I, I don't know, man. If they if they hey, get mania in two nights on the, on the plus side, it ain't our job to figure it out. That's straight, <laughs> unless they cutting checks, which they yeah, ain't unless you cut the check, Vince. Oh, happy birthday to cut the check, Vince. To uh, <laughs> it's been a year since we first coined that phrase on this podcast, episode thirteen. Cut the check, Vince. So shout out to to put that on Leak and I. I'm, I'm working on it, man. Yeah, that, 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 that's gotta be that's gotta be the next T-shirt. 
that 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 that's something that would be fire because that's marketable. It is. Yeah. It's trademark too, so don't take it. Uh, you wanted <laughs> to talk about. Oh. You wanted to talk about uh, the iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, DJ, drop that track one more time. Uh, uh, hold on. We, this, this, this is a, this is a two rants show. Yeah, well, three, because you had one, two. All right, well, it's two re-grants and a TC rant, but... I'm upset. Let's get it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, lesson of the day. This has already been a fact. We know this to be true already, but I'm just going to reiterate it for those who don't know. Vince McMahon is a lion sack of shit. And here's why. Because not too very long ago in the distant past, uh, a team came up from NXT to the main roster, known as the Iconics. Two very talented individual women in the wrestling, in the women's wrestling division. And they had their time and to, you know, spice up not only the women's division, but the tag team division that was to come. So as they came up, it was like they didn't have tag team championships yet, but they knew they were going to have to because this is a tag team with perfect cohesion. They work well together. They, they have a good chemistry, a great chemistry, you know, and, you know, they, they, that's something that they can push. But because they didn't build a proper division around them, and for whatever reason, Vince McMahon said he didn't see as much dollar signs in Billy Kay. He said, I want to push Peyton Royce. Keep that in mind because I'm going to come back to that. He said, I see dollar signs of Peyton Royce. I want to push her as a top singles women's star. And, and he said the same thing about Mandy Rose, but I'm going to get to that later. Um, so because of that reason, they split the Iconics up, I think, earlier this year. Yeah, just a few months ago. They split the Iconics up. And then after splitting them up, when this was supposed to be Peyton Royce's singles push, they kept them together. They're still friends, even though uh, they had a segment on Raw Underground where Peyton pushed Billy Kay into the, 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 the circle in there, into the brawl pit to get beat up. Uh, they kept them together. They kept coming out for each other's matches and each other's corners and everything like that. That doesn't look like a singles push to me, but whatever. Then they each had a match against each other on Raw and said they were going their separate ways. They did have the match. They didn't go their separate ways. Then they vanished from TV, both of them. They got drafted to separate brands. Billy Kay is on SmackDown. She's actually doing pretty well for herself with this gimmick. I'm actually more entertained by that than Peyton Royce. But now let's get back to Peyton. Because profits. Yes, yes, I, I love that shit. But getting back to Peyton here, we said, again, that she is going to be pushed as a single star. Why then do I see her this week on Monday Night Raw in a backstage segment that lasted all of about 10 seconds while Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler were coming to the ring to talk about them as a team going against Nia and Shayna. Alicia Evans, I remind to you who, A, is not very great in the ring, needs some work, needs some ironing, because, I mean, when you get Charlotte Flair so pissed off that she's literally berating you in the middle of a match, that's not good. So you mean uh, work. Lacey Evans, who who had a total of five 
championship losses in a year. Loser! Oh, You're a loser! Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Well, you shouldn't be, because you are dirt! You make me sick, you big baby! Yeah, that that goes not withstanding because uh, it, it, it never should have gotten to five. It never should have gotten that high because I feel like it's more too low key. But it probably that's why is. I remember. It probably is, but each performance seemed to get worse. So I don't know why we ever got to five. But my thing is, uh, and 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 not even just not even just that. It's like she's she's naturally a heel. She is not a face. She does not garner sympathy. See, in me, it, it's worse for her than it is for Sasha. She cannot garner sympathy for nothing. Because you're telling me you go from being this this heel that has this southern southern I think you on mute, bro. I don't know what happened. I think your mic got unplugged or something. So I'm gonna just hold it down and play a bunch of sound bites, man. Uh, basically, what he was saying about Lacey Evans. This yep. poke ass bitch ass nigga. Are we back? You good? You got me now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know what that was. Anyway, um, yeah, you can't tell me that you go from that gimmick to. All of a sudden, garnering sympathy because, albeit you were in the in the military, all respect to that. You go through a lot of family, you know, issues and stuff like that. All respect to that, but it, it wasn't sympathetic. It wasn't working. You were crying every week. It's like you were just slapping people in the face and stealing William Regal's finisher without the brass knucks. And that you run with police. It, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm I'm a I'm a skip over that part. Um. But now, this is who you paired up the woman that you saw as a single star. I, I, I about had it with this, man. I about had it with this. The women's division is stacked. Not the women's tag team division, but the women's division as a total. You just keep making makeshift tag teams, which is another thing that's getting on my nerves right now. Because uh, why do you keep, I understand you have to keep the tag team division, you know, somewhat, you know, uh, have some depth to it. But some of these just don't make sense looking at you Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke but I, I'm tired of this man don't tell me that you see a single star in this person when you don't push them I didn't see Oscar one time on this show and she has been facing the same two to three people for like the past month and a half give her something fresh if you see a single star that's all I'm saying make a number one contenders match add Peyton into the match real simple it's not that difficult you're just trying to get people on TV. Listen, if they're not good enough for TV, keep them the fuck off TV. It's that simple. I Listen, we, we're going to go ahead because I don't want to get long-winded. But stop lying, Vince. Stop switching, stop lying. And I, I want to add one more thing. I think uh, me personally, man, I, I don't, I don't. As much as I love seeing these two wrestlers, I don't want to see Sasha Banks and Oscar fight again. That's Survivor Series. No. So you gotta do what you gotta do, man. And I'm I'm concerned for that too. We might have to take that title of Oscar. So if we're gonna do that, throw me a solid and put the title on Dana Brooke. It's it's Dana Mania over on this side. Go check my archives. It's not a secret. I don't know why you shocked. I've been tweeting about being a Dana Brooke fan for about four years now. Is this is this is evergreen? 
I need you to explain yourself, sir. I have no reason. I legit don't have a reason. It's kind of the same. Like it, it's it's like how I, I was very surprised to to come across a Tamina Snooker stand page on Twitter uh, about a year and a half ago. So what? So it's really the same thing. There's really is no explanation for certain. How, how can you be a stand of somebody that has barely had a career? I don't. Exactly. I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> Push the flex, bro. When you have Alexa Bliss, or you just throw it on Alexa. I don't want to say. I don't want to say Nikki Cross. Chris gonna go anyway, but. Yeah, give Dana a shot, man. It's former 24 7 champion. Did she win the 24 7 championship? I'm pretty sure she did. If she didn't, she should win that too. But give Dana all the championships. (laughs) Listen, I'm I'm just gonna say it it ain't gonna happen. But if Dana Brooke get a raw women's title shot or a raw women's title run before Shayna Baszler, I'm a I'm a, my whole episode gonna be a rant the day that happened. I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> I'm gonna show up with stats, <laughs> with matches. I mean, just I'm gonna have a whole list. I'm gonna have bullet points. Like I'm gonna turn this into a whole presentation. The episode is just going to be titled hey, "Reek Rant Omania." Listen, listen, man. I spent the last three years having a stand. In front of all these people taking shots at Sasha Banks, you know what? I don't got to do that no more. That the last hump she got over the last hump. I don't got to do that no more. Everything the 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 the, the stats and the resume speak for itself. So now I got a new project to work on. For you know, I, you know what too? And this thing too, I like Dana Brooke. So it's not like I, I, it's not like I feel good about I saying like, this. I like Dana Brooke. I think like, I just, here's why. Here's why. Here's why I really want to see her get an opportunity. I'm just be real with you. She's gotten so much better, just all around. Yeah. Promo wise, in ring, like she's improved so much. She's been working hard. So I really just want to see her get rewarded for that. Honestly, yeah. even though she ain't really done shit ever. Yeah, I enjoyed I, the Titus Worldwide stuff. I kind of enjoyed the stuff with the Good Brothers. Shout out to my good brother, Doc Gallows. I uh, enjoyed that stuff a little bit. So I just want to see her get an opportunity. She's good. She's been working hard. I've been one for saying, I don't know why she doesn't get any TV time because she's a great talent. So, yeah, I'm, I, 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 can, I can see that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I can see that 100%. Um, you mentioned Shasha, though. I, I was a little bit paranoid when they opened the show with the match. And I even tweeted, I'm like, yo, what if Sasha loses? <laughs> because that 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 got me a little bit like, yo, wait a minute. Why? I thought maybe that would main event the show. But when they opened with it, I'm like, when yeah, I've, hit the I've seen some belly. things happen. Yeah. My mood switched up a little bit. I just, I sat up. I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hold my breath. I just got prepared for disappointment because, you know, something happens to you, you just used to it happening all the time. So I, I, I had a feeling of deja vu because the first live SmackDown I ever went to in person was when Dolph Ziggler was the IC champ. I think it was 2016. And it, it was around the same time, too, going into Survivor Series. It was, I remember it was in November. And he had that match with Miz. 
And this is when the Spear Squad came back for a little bit and he beat Dolph for the title. And I was like, I, I've been a, a Dolph fan. I was like, oh, no, nah, no, they did not just pull that just now going in the Survivor Series because I think he was supposed to go against Sami Zayn, I think. But, um, yeah, I had a flashback to that moment. I'm like, oh, no, because what, what if what if they want to do Bailey and Oscar again, which I don't know why they would, but I don't know, man. I, I was I was a little bit worried for a second. <laughs> I was going to be like, yo, I might have to check on my dude if, if this if this goes south, because man, I don't know. I, I was concerned. I, I was concerned too. But I don't trust him. We we hear, man. Uh, Sasha Banks. I'm thankful for it. <laughs> we we here. It was. It's been a long road. She ain't defended the title successfully since 2015. Damn. Yeah, 2015. Nice. When she was she was NXT Women's Champ. Yes. Damn. We here, fam. We finally here. We made it. We made it to the end of the episode. So if you did too. We appreciate you for listening, man. Go ahead, plug your socials, Reek. Let me real quick. Oh, we got one more thing. Let me ask, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Would you have been mad if she lost yesterday, but she goes on to win the Rumble and win the title at WrestleMania? I want to see that anyway. So have her drop the belt at some point in the next month. And, and do that same scenario. Because now she, that's the one thing that, that she don't have, is a win at Mania. I don't, I don't know if it would hit as much, though. It wouldn't, but it's still going to hit for our, for the fans. I, I was, y'all know, I was down for playing the long game. Let her stay out. I was, too. Until the rumble. But I ain't mad at it. Yeah. In the words of Shannon Sharp, there ain't no problem. <laughs> And she moving on to Carmella, so I know Mella ain't gonna beat her. She better not. I wanna that's another thing too. I wanna know why Corey goes dead silent every time Carmella shows up on screen. Like we it's not a secret that they dating. Everybody knows that. So but ever since ever you since you the watch Total Divas, changed, you know. I don't, but well, yeah, yeah. But it's like they they, they put it out there. So it's not like they're hiding it. Yeah, but ever since the gimmick change, all the way back to when they were like trying to figure out who it was, Corey goes dead silent. Michael Cole does all the talking. Like this week, he had to go ask Corey, "Oh, what do you think?" Corey was just like, "Oh, what you think? I think it's wonderful." But it's like I want to know what's up with that. I want like, if, it, if it's part of the story, then cool, I'll just play along. But if it's something else going like. What's what's the, what's the deal, my dude? Like that's that's supposed to be your girl, uh, unless you know that's not supposed to be going Man. on. Man, yeah, you know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Anywho, uh, drop my socials real quick. Yeah, y'all can catch me at Reek Havoc twenty four on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I, I, let me let me let me. Real quick, just verify this because I don't know how people still get this wrong. It is Reek, not Rick, not 
uh, whatever it is people thinking it is, Reek, R-I-Q-H-A-V-O-K, 24. Uh, is is at, he talking about the unpopular wrestling opinions? Uh, yeah, well, whoever. Like, they, they do it they too. But it's like, it as Rick Havid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, Kyle. Yeah, he, he does that too. But it's plenty of people that do it. I'm just, this is just in general. How you think I feel? Well, <laughs> well, see, see, you get, see, you get to abbreviate with, with TC. That's, you know that's, that's, that I, that's literally why I abbreviated my name. Yeah. Because they but, never um, said it right. Uh, I got a whole bunch of Tyrese and. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to, I don't know, man. I, I thought the, the, the play on words would have made it, you know, obvious, like. The phrase wreak havoc, but um, I'm also yeah. no, I'm also cultured, so yeah, yeah. So it's it a no brainer for me. I don't know, but yeah, uh, catch me there, wreak havoc twenty four, uh, Instagram, and what did I say? Twitter. There we go. Uh, and also go check out the Havoc Hour on Instagram and on YouTube. I'm thinking I might shoot some content tomorrow night. I'm gonna keep y'all posted about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely gonna talk about this week. Uh, got football tomorrow to talk, so we will see. I uh, got the latest episode up right now, featuring your boy TC Fontaine talking about the uh, LA explosion of championships this 2020. So make sure y'all go check that out as well on YouTube, Spotify, and Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcast. And me, go ahead, follow me on Instagram. Don't follow me. Whatever you feel like, I don't post. Every time I say I'm a post, I never end up posting. So I'm not even gonna hit y'all with that, man. But you still follow me anyway, tc.fontaine. Go ahead, follow at YK Wrestling everywhere. Uh, that's where we be at. Go ahead, subscribe to us on YouTube, man. Don't miss out on some of this content we got coming up. Uh, and if we don't record again, by next Saturday. If you in Las Vegas, come out to Boulevard Mall out there on Maryland Parkway near UNLV versus Pro Wrestling. Gonna crown a new versus heavyweight champion, man. So come out there, check them out. Cutting promos? I may not cut a promo. I have not been to promo class in a few weeks. Cause that so you probably won't cut that. a live promo. You could post I could, you could post, I could post a Whenever, whenever I, whenever I do my first promo, I will post it. I'll have somebody record it. I will post it on Instagram. Y'all, y'all get my first ever wrestling promo in front of a live crowd. I don't know when that's gonna be, but because I, I am a, I am a thespian, uh, but I have not did any live theater. Go figure. Well. You post it, you come on here the next episode and we'll grade it if Malik shows up. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I will have y'all, I'll let y'all know, man. I'll go out there and I'll cut a promo on everybody and I'll say, look, I'm TC Fontaine. I am the host of the Young Kings Wrestling Podcast, one third. I'm also an actor. This ain't nothing to me. So I can come out here, I can cut promos in my sleep where guys got to come to wrestling school, never spoke 
in public before, never took a public speaking course, never did anything athletic in their life. And I came in there and overshadowed everybody first time. That's just how it goes. So that's pretty much what you're going to see. Bars. Bars. I just cut a promo for y'all here. Let them know. See how I did that? See how I cut a promo for everybody? <laughs> let them know. Let them know for the one time. Had to let y'all know, man. Hey, it's been a Young Kings Wrestling Podcast, man. Uh, T.C. Fontaine. Wreak Havoc. Not Rick. Wreak Havoc. <laughs> we are out of here. Go! Ah!